Welcome to the Space Beyond Scarce podcast. I'm your host, life and business coach, Kate Hawley. I work with entrepreneurs and creative change makers who value depth, impact, and purpose. Many of my clients are like me. They dream of creating prosperity through the value they provide, but they also want equity for others and sustainability for our planet. The scarcity mindset of our culture tells us that this dream isn't possible, that we are not enough, that we don't have enough, that there is not enough for everyone, and that's just the nature of reality. But really, it's just the nature of predatory capitalism. I'm glad you're here because we are going to prove that sad story false and make better meaning to build our future with. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Space Beyond Scarce. For this last episode of 2022, I wanted to speak to you directly in a solo podcast. It's been a little while since I've been able to do that. So today I am going to share with you a tool that I've built that I call the scarcity meter. And I'm going to give you this tool, instructions on how to use it, as well as a downloadable workbook that will help you use it. And I'm hoping this is going to launch you into what I'm calling a scarcity-free 2023. Before I get into explaining how this tool works, I'll give you just a really quick update on me. So you may have noticed that the podcast has slowed down a little bit over the last few months. My focus has been a little bit divided. I've had a few things kind of cooking on the back burner that are unrelated to the podcast and to my business, really. And so it's kind of divided my focus a bit. And I've ended up having to leave some three-week gaps in between shows. My goal is to get this show out every two weeks. Sometimes it doesn't happen. I give myself a lot of space around this because I know that you have more than enough podcasts to listen to. And if you don't, please let me know because I can recommend so many good ones. Lately, I've been listening to Rachel Maddow's new podcast, The Ultra Series, which is super interesting, highly recommend it. So like I said, if you are running out of podcasts to listen to, hit me up, I'll give you a bunch of them. Meanwhile, I also trust that I would rather just give you my best work that I can do rather than stress over an arbitrary production schedule. However, all that being said, I really do aspire to get back to my every two week schedule in 2023, especially because I have so many amazing podcast interviews lined up and I'm really excited to get those out to you. So you can look forward to that in the new year. And as for the things that are going on behind the scenes over in my life, I will be filling you in on that over the next few months as some of that becomes a little bit more shareable. So stay tuned. Okay, so let's get into today's content where we're gonna talk about the scarcity meter. I built this tool because I know that it's not always easy to tell if a decision that we're making is a scarcity-driven decision or not. There's a lot of things that feel like, well, it could be or it could not be, or like both directions feel like they're a good you know, spacious direction to go or an abundant direction to go. Or sometimes we feel like we're trapped in a corner where every 
option available to us feels like it's a scarcity driven option. So the scarcity meter is something I designed to help kind of create more awareness, help you make less scarce decisions and help you determine what aspects of a decision feel like they're going to bring you more generative inner resource versus what are the aspects that are going to be a little more depleting to you. One of the thinkers on this, who I appreciate is Rachel Rogers. You may know her work from the book, We Should All Be Millionaires. I was at part of her club for a while and I thought it was, it was really fun. And a lot of her content is great. And there's also some places where we diverge philosophically a little bit, but in her language, she calls this broke-ass decisions versus million-dollar decisions. And so she uses, for example, hiring a house cleaner, while it may be a really big investment, could be an investment that will be a million-dollar decision for you if you don't like cleaning your house and if it's taking up time and energy and focus that you could otherwise spend on, say, building your business, right, which might actually make you way more money in return than sitting and folding laundry wood. So perhaps it's a good trade-off and it's a million dollar decision, right? Whereas kind of staying stuck in a cycle of never investing in yourself, never investing in your growth, that can be what she might call a broke-ass decision. I pretty much agree with this premise on its surface, but I also understand that we don't always have the option to not make a broke-ass decision because we might be, well, broke, right? And yes, it's true that making investments is part of how we grow our resources, but this is also why we live in such an economically inequitable society, because people who have resources can make more resources. Money makes money, right? We know that. Um, but you may be in a place where you're not yet able to be quite that flexible with your resource decisions, or you have to really look even more carefully at how you're investing your resources. So personally, having lived closer to the broke end than the million dollar decision end in much of my life, I know how to be really resourceful. And I actually think that there is some, some cool skills and mindsets that you learn when you know how to be really resourceful. I think it's important that we learn how to stretch our comfort zone and not always rely on doing everything kind of DIY or doing it in the broke way. So that is important in order to break that cycle, but I'm hoping we can, we can use the tool that I'm going to offer you so that no matter what situation you're in, you can find a way that feels a little more abundant, a little more of a million dollar decision, a little bit less of a broke ass decision. So this doesn't mean that we're going to solve every single situation you might be in that you feel stuck in because you feel like you have to, because it's, you know, of another scarcity you're trying to solve for. That's part of life at times. I just went and watched the new Avatar movie with my kids yesterday, and it was really beautiful. And the line that I took away from that movie is this kind of one-liner from a minor character who's kind of a jerk. He's like a whale hunter. So he's not really an admirable character, but he says this line that I've never heard before. Maybe it's a really common saying. He says, well, if you can't get out of it, get into it. And you could just see this, like it was like he was trying to get out of something and the person basically said, you don't have the option to get out of this. And so he's like, all right, let's get into it. I was like, that is a fun little mindset reframe. And 
I think that's an important one. If you do find that you're like, yeah, there are some things in life that I can't get out of, even if they are depleting to me. If that's the case, then there's this other question of, well, what are the opportunities to get into it then? What are the opportunities to find more resource inside of it if I'm stuck here anyway? So let's get into talking about this tool, the scarcity meter, and how to use it. If you want to follow along visually, if you're more of a visual learner, I would recommend go to the show notes now and download the workbook. It's a digital workbook. You can print it or you can look at it digitally and kind of go through it with me. I want to give you a few setups and notes before we start unpacking it. So the scarcity meter is it's a set of questions that is kind of an assessment. And you can use it when you're asking yourself questions such as, should I say yes to blank? Or should I say no to blank? Or would blank be a good investment for me to make? Or do I want to make a commitment to blank, right? Or if you're deciding between two things, like should I choose this one or this one? So if you're using it to assess a commitment that you're already in, that maybe you entered from a place of purpose or abundance, but now it's starting to feel scarce. This happens a lot, right? If we say, take a job that we're really excited about, but then that job becomes really depleting and it stresses us out and we start to feel burned out and under-resourced. Or if you're a business owner and you know that the work you do is really meaningful to you and it lights you up, but you're feeling really bogged down or depleted by other aspects of your business, if that's your situation, then I'm going to tell you a couple of keys to using the scarcity meter in that situation. The first note, and this goes for no matter what you're using it for, try to make sure that you are rested when you go to use the scarcity meter so that you're not so tired, so exhausted, so overwhelmed that you can't really even feel any resource in your body. If that's where you're at, you just need to rest and take really good care of yourself for a beat before you try to see this from the bigger picture perspective. The next thing you're going to do if you're in a situation where you know that overall it's a situation you want to be in or that it has a lot of potential and purpose for you, but you're feeling depleted by it, then it might be looking at smaller changes that you're considering making within the larger commitment that you think might have the capacity to make it feel better for you. Or it might be trying to break it down into parts. So what are the parts of this experience that are actually specifically responsible for your depletion? And what are the parts of it that are giving back to you and lighting you up? So you can also use the scarcity meter to kind of make an assessment of the different parts of your commitment to figure out where should you put more of yourself? Where should you spend more time, energy, money, focus, whatever it is? And where might you be having some resources just kind of leaking out the hole in the bucket? Okay, the final little preamble for using the scarcity meter is that it's a tool that is designed to help you connect to a more intuitive, energetic, deeper feeling. It is not a logistical tool. It is not a budget or a spreadsheet or like trying to figure out if this maps out in a very logical way. It's sort of the opposite of that. So it's not the only tool that you should use to make decisions. It's just one of the tools. Okay. So I thought I would use an example as I go through this, just to make it easier to understand. 
And I'm going to pick a pretty low stakes example that is personal to me, but not a very personal piece of information, which is I recently realized that I really, really want a new mattress. We've been sleeping on the same futon mattress that we got over eight years ago, and we got it before I even had my second kiddo. And since then, I've become a very committed side sleeper. I basically have to sleep on my side for some reason since I had kids. And the mattress that we have is, I've just recently kind of realized it's not good for me. It doesn't make my body feel good. It's not good for my particular sleeping posture. And I found a different mattress that I think would work way better. And if you know me, or if you've coached with me, you probably know that sleep is, it's number one. It's number one on the list of any client I work with, no matter who they are or what their goals are, if they are not sleeping at their optimal level, that is a huge, huge priority because you really can't do almost anything else if you're not sleeping at your optimal level. It's one of the most important things in life, according to me. So I put a lot of value on it. However, the mattress that I wanted to buy is a big investment and we don't really have the money for it right now. So that's been a point of hesitation. So in taking this to the scarcity meter, there's a couple different ways I could do this. I could say it's between this or that. Like I could say, and if I was going to do a this or that question, I would want to run it twice. I'd want to say, okay, let me do the scarcity meter on option A and let me do it again on option B and see which one scores higher essentially. But I think in this case, I'm just going to go with this question of should I make this investment in this new mattress, even though money is really tight and it's going to be kind of financially stressful to do that? And will that actually be the right decision? Okay. And you can see how it's not an easy answer because obviously, yes, the mattress, I want it. So it's going to feel like, yes, that's a great million dollar decision, but it isn't necessarily a million dollar decision to spend money. You don't really have to make a big financial commitment. You know, that's a choice that's going to stick with me for many, many months that I'm going to have to figure out how to pay that off. So I'm just going to take that to the scarcity meter and maybe get a little bit more information back that will just help me figure out what beyond the spreadsheet, what do I need to know? The scarcity meter is broken down into six scales. I have one more note on how we're going to use the scarcity meter. So as we're thinking of the decision we're trying to make, it's important that you imagine it with your best possible outcome, because we could spend all day imagining, oh, but what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if, you know, the mattress turns out to be a dud? Or what if I don't actually like it? Or, you know, I mean, that we could go on and on, but I'm just going to go ahead and, and start with the basic assumption that this is what I think it is, <laughs> that it's going to do what I think it's going to do and try to tap into that rather than getting caught up in all the worst case scenarios. It's more about tapping into the possibility. What is possible if I do make this decision? And my final note is you're going to hear me on these kind of metrics, on these scales that I'm going to describe. I'm using some pretty qualitative descriptive language that is kind of my own. As you're using this workbook or as you're going through and trying to use the scarcity meter, you can adapt the language. There's actually a spot in the workbook where you can write it in your own words to try to assess like what, you know, where is this on this 
spectrum of one to 10 for me. And it's all trying to take qualitative things and put them into a quantitative measurement of a scale of one to 10. So the first scale is to check in with your body. Now, remember that we want to be as resourced as we can when we do the process. So I'm just going to take a breath and tune in with the body. And I'm asking myself, my body, should I make this investment in the new mattress? And when I picture making the investment in the new mattress, I'm going to score what comes back on a scale of one to 10 with one being essentially, I feel totally contracted or tense or squished or squeezed and 10 being, I feel expansive, spacious, effervescent, light. Those are some of the words that I would use to describe having a little more abundance in the body. So one is that more tense place and then 10 is that more expansive place. So when I check in with my body about the new mattress, it feels to me like an eight. So pretty good. It's more towards the expansive effervescent lightness. The next scale on the scarcity meter is to check in with your breath. So you think of the decision or you think of the question. So I'm thinking of investing in this mattress and I'm picking a score on a scale of one to 10 with one being closer to, wow, I'm hyperventilating right now. <laughs> and 10 is more like, ah, what a nice, big, deep belly breath I just took in so easily. So thinking of investing in the mattress, it feels closer to a belly breath to me. So it feels more like probably a seven or eight for me. And again, you know, this is incredibly subjective, but there might be like, if I was getting a panicked, like, oh my God, spending that amount of money is freaking me out right now. It would probably be closer to the one, but it, that's not what it feels like to me in my breath. Again, my breath doesn't know that much about how to invest money, but like, I'm trusting it right now. I'm trusting that's where it feels. Okay. The next scale on the scarcity meter is, I just call it your energy, right? Your energetic field. So the way that I'm putting this on the scale of one to 10 is one is closer to a kind of stuck energy. Like I can only get myself to move towards that decision. If there's like a huge dangling carrot, like a huge reward or something really scary is chasing me. Those are the only things that would motivate me to move towards that. Where 10 would be like, I feel like my whole self just wants to fly towards it with a magnetic draw that is powerful yet effortless. So there's feel that energetic difference of, oh, I will if I have to versus, oh my gosh, I'm just already there. I'm like a magnet to that thing. So for me, when I think of investing in the mattress, I would say it's like a seven moving towards it. Okay. The next scale is a little tricky and can get complicated because this is where we check in with our thoughts. And if you're anything like me, I'm really good at talking myself into both sides of any decision. I can, you know, would have been a great lawyer. I can argue both sides pretty easily, but I'm just going to check in with what are the thoughts you're having about this decision? And on a scale of one to 10, one is going to be more like most of my thoughts about it involve worrying that I will not be good enough, that people won't like me enough, that I won't have enough of what I need. 
And 10 is more like most of my thoughts about it are inspired visions of what might be possible. So for example, if I just wanted to buy a new mattress, cause I, it was a status thing for me, like, oh, my house isn't nice enough. My stuff isn't nice enough. I need a nicer looking mattress. I mean, most people don't look at your mattress <laughs> when they come over, but you know what I mean? Like if there was something I wanted to buy that was really more motivated by a sense of I'm not enough without it, that might be different. Whereas really when I think of the mattress, mostly I'm just like, oh, what if, wow, what if it was like this? Or what if I got this kind of sleep? So um, it does feel more like an inspired vision of what might be possible. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a seven on this one. Okay. The next one on the scale, this one might require a little bit of imagination. I'm calling it checking in with your spirit. What I recommend is that you imagine externalizing your spirit by perhaps picturing a higher self or a wise future self, some version of yourself that has incredible spiritual perspective about the importance of your life's path. And even though <laughs> maybe buying a mattress is not of any relevance to my spirit, I'm still going to check in. And so on the scale of one to 10, one is closer to this decision is likely to keep you stuck or broke or stressed or feeling powerless. And 10 is my spirit saying this decision resonates as an essential part of your calling or life's purpose and has the potential to move you forward in a meaningful way. So it's a little bit of a consult with like an externalized spirit self. So when I check in with my spirit, I do get a little bit of slight indifference, like my spirit doesn't care that much about my mattress, but <laughs> it's leaning towards, yeah, yeah, if that's important to you, like life is short, get good sleep. So we're going to rank it as a seven. And by the way, if you on any of these, if you're doing this and you're like, I have no idea, I feel nothing, then just give it a five. So if you just don't know what the answer is, that's okay. Because some of these rely on a little bit of intuitive openness. So you may need to do a little bit of other types of somatic work or other types of work that would just allow you to open up a little bit to being able to receive back the feedback in the way that we're talking about. Also, this is a really excellent exercise to do inside of coaching. So that's something to think about too, is it, it can be a little easier to figure out if you're working with a coach on it. Okay. Final scale on here is to check in with your heart and to think about this decision. And on this one, on the scale of one to 10, one is closer to this decision is completely motivated by the things I'm afraid of. And 10 is closer to this decision is completely motivated by love. And again, it feels kind of silly to be consulting my heart on a like, should I buy a mattress question? <laughs> but it comes back as an eight for me because it actually feels like it's part of the harmony of my home life, my family life, my marriage, right? It's like the most important piece of furniture in my life and in my marriage. So this is a important decision that is motivated by love. So I just did all six of them. And so now the next thing to do is to add up the score. So let me do that really quick. Okay. So I just added up my score for all the numbers that I named when I was doing my assessment and I got a 45. So in the question of, should I invest in the mattress? The response I got was a 45 and the meaning of the scores, a score between 40 and 60 
indicates that ding, 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 you are in the space beyond scarce. And so what that means is this decision is likely to unlock an abundance of inner resources, which are likely to bring back a return on your investment in a meaningful way. If the score was a little lower, like a 20 to 40, that would indicate that there are some feelings that are ambiguous or confused or maybe overwhelmed. And so if that was the case, I would say there needs to either be more skill or information or clarity or something is needed that isn't there yet to make the decision. It may also mean that we need more rest or replenishment before we're going to get an answer. If you're in that position, if you're doing the scarcity meter with me and you're getting an ambiguous answer, you may want to do some journaling, do some napping, do some gentle movement, or just anything else that could help you replenish and then try it again. It could also mean that the decision is neutral in terms of the resources it's going to create versus the resources it will require. And this was, you know, I got a 45. If it had been just a little bit lower, 40 or under, I would have said, yeah, this is edging towards being right on the edge of like, it's going to give me a lot, but it's also going to take a lot. And so there might just be not a clear, powerful direction either way. And if that had been the case, I would say if it's a really high stakes decision, it probably needs more time before you're ready to move forward. If it's a lower stakes decision, you might want to ask yourself, is it really going to be worth it to spend the resources it will take knowing that you may be depleted in the end? So if I was feeling a little more meh about getting a new mattress, it might not be worth it for me to go into some financial debt to do it. But clearly there was a pretty strong like, oh, wow, this is going to bring something back to me. So I want to take it pretty seriously. If the score came in under 20, then that is definitely in the scarcity zone, which is, I think, as close to a clear no as you can really arrive at with the scarcity meter. So if you get that score and you're still not ready to say no, I would pause and again, resource yourself before you make any major decisions, if at all possible. So after doing this, you may be wondering, okay, well, that's nice, but shouldn't I also check my bank account, check my budget, look at my schedule, check in with my family? You know, what about the external resources and how much of a factor are they in making this decision? Again, they may very well be a factor. This is not meant to be the end all be all. However, I will admit that I have a strong bias towards the scarcity meter as like, it's not wrong. <laughs> it's going to tell you if you're making a scarcity driven decision, it doesn't really matter what's in your bank account or what your family thinks, because if it's a scarcity driven decision, it's not likely to move you forward into a growth and expansion of your resource potential. I'll just say that if you use the scarcity meter and you still feel like you have to say yes to a decision that is low scoring, then you want to start again getting into the parts. Are there any small changes you could make or are there boundaries you could set within this decision that would help raise the score? So let's just say, for example, that you have to take a job. You feel like you have to take a job that you don't really want because you need the income. Maybe there's a way you could work at the job three days a week instead of four days, or, you know, you could change a, a part of it or you could set a boundary around it that would minimize the impact of the scarcity that it's going to create for you. The other part of that is if it's a low scoring decision, but it has a huge amount of potential and likelihood 
to move you towards a higher scoring situation. Like maybe you're taking a job you absolutely don't want, but you are only doing it for three months because you're going to be able to make so much money to fund your dream business or something, right? Like, yeah, that makes sense. You, you just know, okay, I'm doing this. There's no part of this job that's like really a yes for me, except for what it's going to make possible. And that's reasonable. And then the other question you might ask if you're coming up with a lower scoring number is, have you explored all other options? Are you sure you have to say yes to this? <laughs> if this is really a scarcity-driven decision for you, what else have you not thought of yet? Okay, so that's the scarcity meter. Again, it's mostly a workbook, and today's podcast is meant to give you a little bit of a sense of how to use the workbook. I want to offer an invitation to you, which is I'm going to be holding space for a virtual mini retreat on Sunday, January 8th from 1 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. And this mini retreat, I'm calling it Scarcity Free 2023. It's a vision and intention setting workshop retreat. And so we will be doing some vision and intention setting for the new year. And in addition to that, I'm going to give everybody in the workshop the scarcity meter and a couple of other workbooks. And we are going to go through it together in that workshop as well, so that it can be even more deeply integrated into what it is that you're trying to decide to commit to and give yourself to in 2023. So I hope you can join me for that. The registration is up now. It's on my website. It'll, of course, be in the show notes. You can just go to kateholly.com slash links and find it there pretty easily. So I hope some of you can join me in that. It's going to be really fun and a fruitful way to start the new year and hopefully set you up so that you have less scarcity and more resource, abundance, purpose, all the wonderful things you want in 2023. So this is it for today. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and I will be back with you in the new year. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Space Beyond Scarce. If you enjoyed this episode, please go over to Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps out a new podcaster. Thank you.